Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of coming together this evening to study your holy written word. And Father, knowing that it's not just intellectually learned, but spiritually discerned and perceived, we invite your Holy Spirit to give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, and minds that are open. And most importantly, Father, change us by your Spirit from what we hear, by what we hear, from glory to glory, that we might conform to the very image of Jesus and become that for which he sacrificed his life and shed his precious and holy blood. For we are here to be changed by the refiner's fire. And we thank you, dear Father, for pouring out your Spirit upon each and every one of us. Be glorified in and through each of our lives. And Father, we'll give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory that you deserve for all things. Help us cross paths with those that are nearest eternity that we might lead them to your saving grace and to the cross of Jesus Christ. Be glorified, Father, in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. As you know, of course, it's fasting and prayer. Wednesday, we spend some time just waiting upon the Lord. And so I just want to share with you a little bit about that subject before we uh, continue to do so, waiting upon the Lord. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, beginning at verse 28, Here the prophet by the Spirit of God says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no strength, he increaseth, or no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles and they shall run and not weary and they shall walk and not faint. Well, to better understand what the prophet is trying to communicate to us, it's important we define some of the words. But before we do, let's remember this. He's talking about young people full of strength and vitality living in a world that's in a fallen state, encountering difficult situations, trials, tribulations, persecutions, etc., etc. And of course, we all go through those things and we understand that. Jesus said, in a world you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And by our faith, we too can overcome the world. But even though young people with all their strength, and all the might that they might have and how they think that they're good, powerful enough, strong enough, that they have enough, all that they need is in them, in themselves to overcome. That's not the case. Doesn't matter how strong you are, how young you are. Doesn't matter how much you can bench press or how fast you can run. You realize that. You're living in a fallen world and the enemy doesn't like us. The world doesn't like us. We have three enemies, the devil, the world, and the flesh. And all three come against us. And he says, even if you're young, you're going to fail. You're going to fall. You're going to faint because of whatever life throws your way. And so he went on to say that, but they that wait, the word wait in the Hebrew, it means to bind together. It means to twist together or to braid. It's like 
not a band that you put around, let's say, a bunch of sticks and you just put a cord around it. It's talking about braiding it, intermingling it, braiding it together so it becomes strong. So those that wait upon the Lord, those that intermingle with God, they that meet together with God like we're doing here tonight and just twist themselves together with God shall renew their strength. And again, in the Hebrew, it has a a definite meaning. It means to exchange. They will exchange their strength. Did you ever uh, go to, to the store somewhere and you took something back, you had to exchange something? Well, when you got there and said, well, I got, I got a gift for my birthday and it's the wrong size or it's whatever, wrong color or whatever it might be. And I need to exchange it. To exchange means to give up something for something else. And the fellow's looking at you and, or the lady, whoever's waiting on you and says, uh, okay, well, let's do it. Where is it? Oh, I left it home. You left it home? You want to exchange it, but you left it home. Well, yeah, just give me another one. That's the wrong size. I don't think that's going to go over too well. Do you? You got to give something to get something back. You give what you got, and then you get something back. You realize what he's talking about is we've got to give something to God in exchange for something back. So it means to renew, it means to exchange So they that wait upon the Lord, intermingle with him, will exchange strengths. There's an action on the part of the individual and an action on the part of God. We give our praise and worship. We give our waiting in his presence. We give our time, our effort, and our energy to be in a place or a position where we get something back from him. So in other words, it's not just walking around and ignoring God. It is waiting in the presence of the Lord. And again, that's why we're here this evening. We've come more than anything else this evening to wait in the presence of the living God, to intermingle with him, whether it's an an exchange of our time, effort, and energy in praise and worship or study of the word. We've come to give him something, expecting something in return. So, he goes on to say, they'll run and not weary or oh, they'll mount up as, as wings, on wings as eagles and run and not weary and they'll walk and not faint. So in other words, when you begin to operate in God's strength, then you're going to mount up with wings as eagles. You can run and not weary and walk and not faint. So the key or the solution, you could say, is to, over, to overcoming anything we encounter in this life is to recognize our need for a strength that goes beyond ours, a power that goes beyond ours might that is greater than ours and mightier than ours if we think we can do it in ourselves and if we think we can ignore the exchange on our part to give what we are to give then basically you can say it unconsciously what we're doing is we're sitting back expecting something without giving something so God wants us to spend time daily doing what waiting in his presence and if we'll do that there'll be an exchange we'll exchange ours for his Now, would you rather operate in his strength or yours? I think we would all agree that he's a lot stronger than we are. More powerful than we are. Amen. So we need to learn. Now, notice he uses the eagle. He didn't say you're going to fly like a turkey. He didn't say that, did he? You're going to mount up with wings as eagles. 
And you're going to run and not weary and walking on faint. And you think about the eagle. Why did he point out the eagle? Well, the eagle, let's just put it this way. This is, this is not easy to do because no matter where you go to, what side you go to, the lifespan of an eagle, from what I've been looking at, starts with either 25 years to even 100 years. But in the wild, it's probably 25 to 40 years or 30 years, somewhere around there. In captivity, maybe up to 70 years. And one individual said he had one that, based on the age before he got it, lived to be 104 years. So, he chooses the eagle, and he talks about the life and the lifespan of an eagle. And he's talking about the molting process, and, and how they lose their feathers, and then the feathers come back in, and how they sharpen their beaks and sharpen their talons in, in the process, or it could be on stones or whatever. And he says, basic to us, what we're doing is following that example. We wait in the presence of the living God. And it's necessary for us to do something with our beaks, our speech, our claws, our walk. And waiting in that presence, we're expecting a divine exchange to take place. We renew our strength. This inward man is renewed day by day. But this outward man we know is perishing. We want to live on the strength of the inward man. And you know what? We want to do a little bit of sharpening to the outward man along the way. Now the eagle we know goes to high places. And sometimes during the process... It's up there for a time, and this process is taking place. But notice they go up to the high mountaintops, and then once they're fully recovered, then they can just spread their wings. And when the storm comes, they're flying high above the storms, and it's a breeze for them. And so he's talking about how we can also draw our strength from the living God, rather than trusting in ourselves. And if we'll take the time to wait in his presence and sharpen our speech and actually have this outward man little by little surrender to the will of God and the inward man strengthened with power power that uh, is Philippians 4.13 says I can do all things through Christ who what? strengthens me we get that kind of strength you know man's highest quest has been to draw strength from the gods you realize that you go back and study Roman times, Greek times, and all that. They believe that they can just drink the blood of a lion, then they would have courage. And the list goes on and on. All the things that they believed that they could do, that's where cannibalism comes into play. You know, think about that. As far out as that is. Because they want superhuman powers, powers beyond human scope. And they drink the blood of a mighty warrior, then they're going to have even more strength, power, and might. But you know what? Our mighty warrior shed his blood for us, and we don't have to drink it physically. And he said, if you wait upon me, you'll get filled with the Holy Ghost and power that transcends all other powers. You have the right to use my name, which is above every other name in all the universe, be it in heaven, earth, or beneath the earth. And so it's important that we understand this concept and realize what he's talking about. Don't try to succeed in your own strength. Don't try to succeed in your own power. Don't try to overcome based on your own efforts, your intelligence, and thank God we can have some. But you know what? God is stronger. God's weakest, if he had any weakness, is stronger than our greatest strength. His wisdom is so beyond our, our comprehension, no matter how wise we may think we are. 
If he had any, any kind of imperfection, it's way beyond us. So why, can, why should we trust in ourselves? The thing is, if we're not waiting on him, then it's almost like unconsciously that's what we're saying. We can do it on our own. But how many of you know we can't? Point number one. We all need to learn to wait on God. We all need to learn to wait on God. I'm not talking about reading a passage of scripture, but learning to wait in his presence. They that wait upon the Lord, they wait, they intermingle with God. We give him our time, our effort, a little bit of praise and worship, a few scriptures that we look over, but let him know, Father, I'm in your presence. And what I want is to be still and know that your God. Look at Psalm 46 and verse 10. I just want to be here and be still. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I'll be exalted in the earth. Why is David saying to be still? Because in the beginning of this psalm, he says, God is my refuge and strength, my present help in times of trouble. Though the earth be removed and mountains carried in the midst of the sea, therefore will I not fear. So in other words, when it seems as though everything is falling apart around me, when it seems as though I'm in a state of upheaval and maybe emotional distress, when it seems as though I'm overwhelmed by what life is bringing my way, and there's a tendency for me to let my mind just ramble on and think about all these things, my goodness, and think about it. We live in a fast-paced society. We want everything done instantly, don't we? We want a quick fix that whatever we encounter in this life. But he's saying this, he's saying this to us. You need to take time to be still in your emotions. Be still in your emotions. Have you ever encountered a situation where, it's a very difficult situation. Have you ever tried to get your mind to be still? You know, if you could slap it, you would. (laughs) Wouldn't you? Settle down. And you get, okay, I'm good for five seconds. Then all of a sudden, kaboom. It's just warring against your mind again and again. Well, that's why I believe when, you, when we see this about waiting upon the Lord, it's being still, and not just being still, but knowing something. What are we knowing? Knowing He is God. So in other words, if we're playing this thing out in our mind, and it's occupying a lot of our thoughts, are we forgetting that He is God? And this situation can compare to his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding, his power, etc., etc. God, you're bigger than this. You're bigger than what I'm facing. You're bigger than what I'm going through. You're greater. You're more powerful. I'm learning to be still and just to know that you're God because there's a way out. And I know that you'll make that way. Look at 1 Kings chapter 19. When we find ourselves in a state of being emotionally drained, like Elijah was here. This is, this is really something. If you read the pre- previous chapter, chapter 18, you see that he had a tremendous victory over all the prophets of Baal. Actually called fire down from heaven. Would you have loved to have been there and see that? The fire come down, lick up all the water, the burnt sacrifice and all that, even though he poured water all over it and had water in the trenches and around because they thought spirits would come up from beneath the earth and all that. Long story, won't get all the details, but it was all just doused with water everywhere, okay? And the fire comes down from heaven, licks up all the water, burns the sacrifice, and all the prophets of Baal bow their knees. And they say, Jehovah is God. What a victory for him. 
And then Jezebel hears. And when she hears, she goes, I'm going to find him. I'm going to kill him. Let him know he's going to die. He runs scared. He can stand up to 400 prophets, but not one woman. Think about that. He finds himself on, you know, just in, in, in a state of depression. He's overwhelmed emotionally. He's drained. He's getting weary. And here's what happens. He came thither into a cave and lodged there. Sometimes you've got to find a man cave or a female cave. <laughs> just a place where you can get alone with God. And the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, throw down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I even I only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold... The Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the, after the, the, uh, the fire then a still small voice, and it was so. When Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering end of the cave, and behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? It was in this place of interaction with God. It was in this place where he was with his own thoughts, but all of a sudden, in that cave, God began to speak to him. There was an angel that came by and ministered to him, and God began to speak to him. We're talking about that place right there where there's this interaction with God. You can be still and know that he is God. He was with his own thoughts, but notice God came along and began to share some other thoughts with him. You, you can think your own thoughts are the thoughts of God. And I believe the thoughts of God are higher than our thoughts. And he can provide for us all that is necessary for, to bring us to a place of, of victory. What happened to him? His intermingling with God enabled him to receive strength from above that renewed his strength in his service to God. So there it was. They that wait upon the Lord shall what? renew their strength they'll exchange their strength he gave up his and he got a hold of God's number two it's also important to know that it means sometimes to seek the face of God waiting upon the Lord means to seek his face and again that's why we're here tonight but now notice in the book of Psalms Psalm 27 there's a few verses here look at verse 8 first when thou saidest seek my face my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. And then move on down to about 14, 13, 14. Now notice this. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of God. Even the young men faint and become weary. But he would have fainted too unless he did what? Believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Once again, in our society today, we have a difficult time waiting. Can you say amen? Can you agree? It's pretty sad when fast food is slow. Isn't it? And we get impatient. But that's our society today. And that's why sometimes 
we don't take enough time and put forth enough energy just to wait upon the Lord and be still and keep our thoughts quiet and silent and maybe just think the thoughts of God but let him know Father I'm here to seek your face you know why because I want your will done I want your ways look at Psalm 62 Psalm 62 truly my soul waiteth upon God the soul is comprised of the mind will emotions and intellect my soul waits upon God from him cometh my salvation he only is my rock and my salvation he is my defense and I shall not be greatly moved the word wait here in this context from the Hebrew means to be silent when your soul is running rampant telling you all kinds of crazy things when the enemy of course is making his contribution to it as well he says be silent my soul will be silent in waiting upon God to hear from heaven and what heaven has to say but then also the next word there defense it means a high place he's my high place it's just like that eagle going up to a high place and being in that place of safety and refuge I will be in this high place with God and God will begin to minister to my need and God will cause my thoughts to become agreeable to his will that my plans are established and succeed and this is what he's saying he's my high place he's my defense he's the one that will protect me and care for me so to wait on God means to seek his face and get before him again like we're doing here tonight and just saying you know what I am empty of self I want to be filled with you I want your will, your ways, your purposes in my life. I want to exchange my strength for yours and operate in your counsel and not on my own. And number three, it can also include worship and praise. To wait on God can include worship and praise, praising him and worshiping him as well. Look at the book of Psalms 92, 92nd Psalm, verse 1. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High to show forth your loving kindness in the morning I love this in your faithfulness every night notice that apparently this is what he did he sang praises to God he gave thanks to God in the morning and in the evening to show forth his loving kindness in the morning and his faithfulness every night God is loving he is kind and he is faithful upon an instrument of ten strings and upon the psaltery upon the harp with the solemn sound for thou Lord hast made me glad through thy work I will triumph in the work of your hands but then also go on down to verse 9 here he's talking about intermingling with God through praise and worship and allowing him to have his way in his life for lo thine enemies O Lord for lo thine enemies shall perish and uh, all the workers of iniquity shall be scattered but my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn I shall be anointed with fresh oil mine eyes also shall see my desire on my enemies and my ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon they, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God they shall bring forth fruit in old age they shall be fat hmm. I don't know if I like that one but they shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright he is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him notice what he's saying to us 
when we wait upon the Lord and praise him by day and praise him by night and intermingle with him and exchange strengths with him every single day. You like fresh bread? Or do you like stale bread? I like fresh bread, don't you? And every day we can have fresh oil. Every day we can have fresh oil. Notice he's talking about this carries out throughout all our days. Even in our old age, we can still be full of what? Them in vinegar and strength and vitality where we can continue to serve him throughout all the days of our life. This is really what is called the fountain of youth. If you went to Psalm 103 and verse 5, can we pull that up? Psalm 103 and verse 5. He's talking about here, the psalmist is talking about satisfying my mouth with good things. Why? So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. So as the eagle lives out its lifespan and goes through the molting process and sharpens its beak and sharpens its talons, then it has a opportunity to continue to be strengthened by providing food and nourishment, etc., etc. Well, the same thing is true with us. As we get into the place of the presence of God, let him know, I want to be like the eagle. I want to go through the molten, molten process. What do you mean by that? I want stripped of everything that's of the flesh and I want to be filled with the fullness of Almighty God. I want you to take over my life as I can get myself in complete surrender. I want you to sharpen me in my speech. I give you opportunity and access to my life. Let the refiner's fire fall upon me. Sharpen me in every way that I possibly can be sharpened. That I can ex experience your strength, your power, your ability and through my life. So I could be more effective in reaching out to the people that you've called me to minister to. And every single one of us has a circle of influence where we can minister to other people in our lives. And so, the choice is ours. We can operate in our own strength or we can operate in his. What can we overcome in our own strength or ability? Not a whole lot. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. But if we wait upon the Lord, and I believe God is speaking to all of our hearts tonight. If you just take a little bit of time and have confidence in your relationship with God. Maybe you're going through a struggle tonight. Maybe you're overwhelmed with something tonight. Maybe something is just occupying your thought life in such a way that you're just absolutely driven away from God. And you're just thinking about what you're going through. And it's hard to focus and, and look at the things of God. Well, you're in a good place tonight. As we've gathered together here tonight, our focus and our attention is not on our inabilities, but on his ability. Not on our inadequacies, but on his adequacies. He is more than enough to see us through whatever we encounter in this life. Is he not? All he wants us to do is acknowledge, Lord, I can't do it in my own strength. This thing I need to overcome, I can't overcome it in my own ability. All these thoughts coming against my, my, my mind, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. I'm here to set my mind on you, my focus on you, set my mind on things above where Christ is seated at your right hand and my life is hid with him and you. And so I'm coming before your presence tonight, Father, and you know what? He may drop in your spirit even one verse of scripture or even a thought that you can take all the way to the bank. He can drop within your heart something that will set your feet on the right course for your life and give you direction as to what you should do.
It's your personal life. It could be your family. It could be your marriage. It could be whatever. It could be your job. But praise God, he's more than enough. Here in this place tonight, we're gathering together. We're believing for our country. We're believing for our nation. We've been believing for Israel and thank God for his peace upon Israel. You could be believing for your, your business. You could be believing for your job. As I said, your family, your children, or whatever. Whatever it might be. But we're here to wait upon the Lord. And now notice he said, be still and know something. I am God, he said. Know that I'm God. So what could it be? No matter what it is. Can we exchange strengths with him? We can, can't we? Amen. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of his love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound. And through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world through a ministry of excellence, to God first, and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you, and God loves you, and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I now accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus I'm now your child in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.